Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome into Sports Tonight. It's Wednesday, September 20th. I'm here with my BSL College football analyst, Mike Lowe. Mike, how we doing? Great, Chris. Uh, how's it going? You ready for a big week? Ready for another week. College football, a uh, lot. Uh, what a slate we have. We'll get to that. Uh, I thought we'd reset the conferences after the initial couple weeks of the season. Uh, let's start with the ACC, which has four teams. Florida State, Carolina, Miami, and Duke that are ranked, and Clemson right outside the top 25. Uh, Florida State entered the year as the ACC and uh, favorite. Obviously, they remain so. Uh, Jordan Travis appears to be okay after his injury scares last Saturday. So the ACC's other ranked teams, uh, who do you like best, and do you like any of them better than Clemson? Um, well, the, I'll, I'll do the second part first, and um, that for now is no. Um, I'm, I'm still um, – not sold on Clemson. I need to, I know they've kind of bounced back against weak opponents uh, after that rough outing to open the season against Duke. Obviously, we're going to learn a lot more about them this weekend when they host Florida State. Um, but right now, I would still put them below North Carolina, Miami, and Duke. As for which one of those I like best, I, I think I kind of like uh, North Carolina. I, I, we haven't talked a lot about them, I know. Um, I, you know, Drake May has been terrific so far. Um, my questions were mostly regarding their defense. Uh, I think they had a couple of solid outings this season against uh, you know, Minnesota last week, and uh, they looked really good, uh, you know, especially getting pressure on uh, Spencer Rattler in that South Carolina game. Uh, they stumbled in that Appalachian State game. Uh, you know, Appalachian State, they're no slouch. Um, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, they put a big scare into North Carolina last year, did it again this year, took double overtime. Uh, they gave up a lot of yards in that game. So, you know, whether that was, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, maybe taking a G5 opponent a little too lightly or maybe App State exposed some things that, uh, you know, the other two teams couldn't, we'll see. But uh, I think right now I, I kind of lean U, UNC um, as the – uh, kind of the leader of that second tier in the ACC. Uh, fair enough. Obviously, Drake Meg, plenty of attention there. Uh, I had to catch them in that opener versus South Carolina. Um, you know, they certainly looked a step above that uh, that night. Um, Appalachian State, uh, they've certainly been competitive going back to their that course their win over Michigan years ago. But they've been competitive in a lot of games against. Uh, uh, you know, the major conference teams. So, yeah, I, that one doesn't scare me so much. And they did make a statement versus uh, Minnesota this past uh, uh, week. So uh, certainly can believe in them as a contender. Actually, my question was to you, did you like any of them better than Clemson? And you liked uh, – you liked <laughs> Right now I like all of them better than Clemson. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you yeah, know, Miami, um, again, you know uh, – they, they had that nice win against Texas A&M. Um, you know, 
we still have to learn. Uh, you know, we're only at the quarter pole of the season. We got to learn is Texas A&M, um, you know, ready to play up to their talent level or are they something closer to the, you know, five and seven disaster we saw last season? Uh, you know, we'll kind of learn that here shortly, I think. We'll get to the, um, but, uh, you know, no doubt, um, you know, that was a nice win for Miami either way. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like the Hurricanes. Um, you know, they actually, I think they get North Carolina here in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, you know, that'll be one that'll kind of get settled on the field here soon. Um, and, you know, that may uh, show us who the, the clear number two is. And, of course, you know, you can't dismiss Duke either. Um, you know, they, they keep right on winning. Um, you know, hats off to Mike Elko. Uh, you know, with a couple of uh, openings coming up, I wonder how much long already the couple of job openings, uh, how much longer he's going to be out there uh, in Durham. Uh, yeah, no, you know, no, already been reading uh, speculation, veteran. speculation that he, he might be at the very top of Michigan State's list. Yep, no, Duke is a veteran laden team. Uh, We'll get to Florida State and Clemson later. Uh, seat might be warming for uh, Dabo, which is kind of hard to believe after the success that they've uh, they've had as a program over the last decade. So let's go to the Big 12. The only ranked Big 12 teams are Texas and Oklahoma, and they're both leaving the conference. So beyond them, that's that's the, the worst nightmare of uh, pretty much the entire Big 12, you know, from the commissioner on down is uh, this final season, Texas and Oklahoma are playing for the championship. <laughs> yep, would be a, a, a nightmare there. So beyond them, might not be anybody great. Seems to me there's a lot of teams capable of a W on any given Saturday. Uh, maybe not. Oklahoma State, given that they just got rolled by South Alabama, but pretty much everybody else. So uh, who emerges as a threat to the Longhorns and Sooners? Um, yeah, you know, I'll just mention Oklahoma State. Um, not that they're a threat, but, um, you know, I don't know what Mike Gundy's doing. Um, a lot of times I don't know what Mike Gundy is doing. But anyway, uh, this whole three-quarterback rotation, um, you know, he, I think he, it's time to put that little experiment to bed. Um, you know, he's got, you know, there's that old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you really don't have any, um, you know, two starting quarterbacks. I don't know what it means when you have three, but, uh, it's not working for him. And so, uh, you know, one of them is his son. I don't know. You know, that's neither here nor there, but I, you know, I think three games into the season, it's time for him to, to pick one guy and stick with him. Um, you know, as, as for the rest of the Big 12, you know, there was kind of a uh, – I looked at them as kind of a sneaky uh, good team. You know, I may not have mentioned them. I know I mentioned Texas Tech and Baylor. And, you know, you can't rule them out. They both got wins uh, last weekend, but they were both playing FCS teams. So we're going to need to see more out of them. Um, UCF was a team that kind of interested me. Uh, you know, somebody who I thought maybe will open some eyes in their first year, uh, you know, in the new conference, uh, stepping up to the power five level. Um, but, you know, they just uh, in that Boise State game when a couple of weeks ago they lost uh, John Reese Plumley, their quarterback. Um, he's not out for the season, but he's going to miss a few weeks. And uh, I think that might hurt them, especially this weekend. They they play their first ever Big 12 game. They have to go on the road to Kansas State. 
Um, so without Plumlee, that's going to be a tough one. They also get Oklahoma a couple of weeks after that. Um, so I'm not real sure if they're going to be able to make up for that. But, you know, Gus Malzahn, he, he usually uh, can get a, a lot out of his offense. So we'll see about that. Um, you know, I still like Kansas State, despite uh, them taking the loss at Missouri last weekend. That was kind of a back-and-forth game um, and ended on the final play with a 61-yard field goal. Uh, you know, that's uh, not something you expect to see from college kickers, but uh, you know, that, that Missouri kid's got a leg on him, apparently. Um, so, you know, that, that, that was a tough loss for them, but uh, I don't necessarily think any less of them as far as what they can do in the Big 12. Um, you know, they're a team that I think on any given Saturday could uh, surprise either Texas or Oklahoma. And, um, you know, let's not rule out TCU either. Uh, you know, as the season kind of progresses, we see that, you know, that opening loss against Colorado, you know, that was a three-point game. So it's not like the Frogs got blown out there. Um, and, you know, we Colorado looks, uh, you know, they're not going to make the playoff, but they look like a legit good team. So, um, you know, let's not dismiss uh, TCU. BYU, they got a really nice week uh, win last weekend at Arkansas. Uh, another back-and-forth game. Uh, I'm not sure they're really ready for prime time. We'll see how they do when they get in the conference schedule. But they're sitting there 3-0 right now. So, um, you know. Uh, oh, you're mentioning, mentioning half the conference, so you feel a, a number of people <laughs> can, be, can be threats. Uh, yeah, I could, I could go on all night with this, Chris, but I'm not going to do that. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to go ahead and uh, listen. I, I do have to mention one more, um, you know, don't forget uh, Kansas, uh, uh, you know, they, they got their, uh, they got their offense rolling and, um, you know, they look pretty good. So, you know, I, I could I see think, a lot I of teams maybe finished. knocking off, um, you know, Texas or Oklahoma. Well, I could see a lot of teams knocking them off. My, my question was who could be a, for me, it was more of, Who's a threat to win the conference? Yeah. Uh, 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 I I think a lot of teams in the in the conference are capable of of uh, winning uh, uh, on a on a given week, and I, I don't believe either Texas or Oklahoma is going to get through the conference slate undefeated. I think they will have a uh, a slip up somewhere. So it'll be interesting to see who could be emerge yeah. that uh, uh, third team. I think uh, I'll so, probably stick with Kansas State on that one. Yeah, I, I I think I'm with you there as well. Yeah. Let's uh, trip to the uh, Big Ten. Uh, they're getting rid of the divisions after this year. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the East and West are still in play for uh, 23. The, the West has four teams who are one and two overall. Uh, Minnesota, we mentioned they got crushed at UNC. Wisconsin lost at Washington State. Neither are bad losses, but they were missed opportunities for solid uh, out-of-conference wins. So is Iowa the best team in the West? And this weekend we've got the Hawkeyes traveling to Penn State with uh, ESPN's matchup predictor giving Iowa a 13% chance of winning. Yeah, that sounds about right. Look, uh, you know, <laughs> all the attention on Iowa is going to their point total and whether or not Brian Ferentz will get the 325 points he needs to save his job. Um, I mean, talk about a distraction. I, I don't see you know, who thought, whoever thought that was a good idea as a moron. Um, you know, the, I mean, you, you know, with Iowa, you're going to get great special teams. You're going to get really good defense um, and just uh, 
total dud on offense. Are they the best team in the West? They might be. Um, you know, I still, I still think you know maybe Wisconsin. Um, you know, when all is said and done, they could uh, find their way to the top of that division. I mean, look, there's you know, there's just nobody there that you are going to point at and say, "Hey, clear favorite right there." Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm I'm not sold on Iowa as the best team in the West, and um, I don't think it's going to look too pretty when they go to Penn State this weekend. Let's go to the SEC. Uh, SEC East, you got Florida coming off a nice win versus Tennessee. I believe you called that, so congrats. Uh, the Gators started their year, of course, of a loss to Utah. Uh, no shame there, but it is a uh, out-of-conference loss there. And then in the West, Alabama and LSU, they both had their out-of-conference loss is to uh, Texas and Florida State. Of course, this past weekend we just saw LSU destroy Mississippi State, and then uh, Bama had real trouble getting it going against South Florida. And this wasn't the uh, you know the former top twenty-five uh, South Florida teams of you know, not I at guess. all. They were they <laughs> were one and eleven last season, and unlike Colorado, they have not done a complete one eighty. <laughs> so I, I guess you know my question is: Is there anyone in the SEC you're looking at that's poised to challenge Georgia? And what are you seeing from the Bulldogs? It was, uh, you know, they had an interesting uh, game. It was kind of a tale of two halves uh, against South Carolina. Uh, you know, they were like a four touchdown favorite in that game, and they were losing fourteen to three at halftime. Um, you know, their defense kind of finally got locked in. They didn't give up a single point the rest of the game, and their, you know, their offense, um, you know, got three touchdowns in the second half. You know, it was. Um, you know, the weather didn't look great, but I don't think it was, that was such a big factor. I don't think that really uh, should have neutralized uh, Georgia. I think, um, you know, offensively, they have some question marks. Uh, you know, they you look at them in past seasons, you know, the recent past, you had, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett, who, um, you know, obviously ran that offense terrific. Um, you know, they had a bunch of big tight ends. They, they still have Brock Bowers, but so many of their scoring drives were of the long sustained variety where they just kind of grinded out, you know, 10, 11 play drives. That's kind of tough, uh, you know, especially college level offenses um, to really sustain and score a lot of points that way. It, it's just not efficient. You know, eventually when you get down in there into the red zone, the field shrinks and, you know, that's an advantage to the defense. Um, you know, you make a mistake, penalties, something like that. So if you're relying on 10, 11 play drives, uh, that can be kind of tough. And, uh, you know, they just uh, don't seem to have those explosive playmakers. Uh, you know, the guys who can, you know, you get the ball in their hands in some open space and next thing you know, they're in the end zone. Um, so I'll have to see how that plays out offensively. Defense, I still trust their defense. Really, though, you know, when you look across the SEC right now, you know, who else do you really like other than Georgia? Um, I mean, clearly Alabama's got issues on offense, big issues. Um, you know, that was just one of the ugliest uh, games I think I've seen them play in the Saban era. Um, Ole Miss. You know, we'll find out this weekend. I'm, I'm not sure I'm buying that just yet. Um, LSU had a nice bounce back, and, um, you know, they've got the talent. So, you know, maybe LSU is a, 
a team that I would probably look at is most likely to uh, you know, be a challenge to Georgia right now. Um, outside of that, I don't see anybody, Chris. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't see anyone. Yeah, I did catch uh, some of that South Carolina-Georgia game, and I wasn't overly impressed with uh, – I guess it's Beck as the quarterback. Of, uh, uh, you know, but uh, it, the – Georgia defense is going to be there. They look like they can still ground and pound. Uh, they'll make enough plays. The bigger thing was someone's going to have to beat them. I don't think they're going to necessarily uh, beat themselves. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, and then you start thinking about, uh, you know, whoever wins the West, uh, you figure Georgia, of course, is going to win the East over, you know, but, you know they'll have – Florida and Tennessee, but you figure Georgia is going to win the East. And then, you know, if it's LSU or Alabama there and they both have those out-of-conference losses, usually uh, around uh, November we start hearing the SEC bang in their chest, you know, that we should have two teams in the uh, CFP. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't. Hard to see that right now. Hard to see that right now. There would have to be, uh, you know, Florida State would have to – Suffer multiple losses in the ACC. Um, yeah, you know Texas or Oklahoma. You know, right? Whoever, whoever's at the top of the Big Ten, and um, you know, I mean, they could eat each other. They could devour each other in the Big Twelve as well as the Pac Twelve. But um, yeah, if somebody I mean, they, out there emerges as a favorite. And I, I know we're we're about to get on to the Pac Twelve, so I'll, uh, I'll mean, talk maybe about the, that shortly. Maybe, but. Maybe the Big Ten East cannibalizes themselves, and they the winner stumbles uh, against whoever wins the West. I mean, I guess you can create some type of uh, possible paths, but uh, they're it's a more limited path for the SEC this year than it, than it has been. Um, yeah, as you said, we're going to go to the Pac-12. They've got eight ranked undefeated teams entering action this week. Uh, for me, and I guess for most people, USC, Utah, Washington, they currently seem like the uh, the best three. But how do you currently stack them? And then uh, beyond that, of the other five ranked teams, uh, I guess who would least surprise you to see uh, potentially win the conference? Well, uh, you know, I um, so far this season, I uh, had the top three um, in order. It was USC, Washington, Utah. Um, after what happened this last weekend, I flip-flopped uh, USC and Washington uh, in my rankings, and so uh, you know uh, I didn't, I could obviously did not foresee if you listen to my picks last week, Washington uh, going into Michigan State, even uh, you know with all the issues the Spartans have had of late, uh, going in there leading thirty-five to nothing at halftime and winning forty-one to seven. Um, I mean, that was just, you know, flat I, I out. Figured that, I figured that was some Washington and some Michigan State after the coaching, but I, I also figured they're going to uh, – Michigan State and Sparty is going to look uh, more organized for Maryland. A little more respectable, that, you know. Um, that's kind of my, my expectation. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, that, was, that was just terrible. And so – but, you know, you, you got to credit Washington for that. And yeah. so – you know, until until I see otherwise, um, the Huskies are the real deal, and so I think uh, right now they're my team to beat in the Pac-12. Um, you know, USC, I, I still think their defense might be uh, suspect. Utah, who knows what what's going on there with Cam Rising? Um, 
you know, they got a huge game this weekend hosting UCLA. And, um, you know, here we are Wednesday, um, you know, still no answer as to whether or not Cam Rising is going to play. Um, you know, obviously college coaches, because, you know, they don't have to do injury reports during the week. So they will play that really close to the vest. And I guess they think that gives them some kind of leg up. I'm sure UCLA is preparing for whoever they have to face. And maybe that makes things a little more challenging for them. Maybe they can't you know, uh, install certain things on their defense because they just run out of practice time having to, you know, potentially prepare for two different quarterbacks. So maybe that does give them an edge. Who knows? Um, but, you know, that, that's, uh, that game, you know, UCLA uh, going to Utah, it's, it's a tough game to pick just when because, uh, you know, the Bruins are they're a good team. And so without Cam rising, I'm just not really uh, – I'm not sure what direction I want to go in in that game. And I know we're not doing picks yet. But, um, you know, that that's just a big question mark for Utah. Is, uh, you, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be back at some point, just a question of when. Um, you know, as far as the other five teams, I'd probably put um, – you know, just just because of their offense, I would put Oregon at the top, um, and, you know, slightly ahead of um, Oregon State. Colorado, um, you know, in Washington State. Um, God, who am I leaving out? UCLA. UCLA, yeah. yeah. Just mentioned that. Yeah, I, 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 and, um, you know, I would just put – I'd probably put Oregon right now at the top of uh, that second tier of Pac-12 teams. And um, if they get their defense together, and, you know, we'll see. I, I, I didn't like what I saw them at Texas Tech, but if uh, if they can get it together defensively, uh, you know I think they can crack into that top tier and um, you know be playing for the championship. All right, so great slate of games this week. Let's get to it. You uh, you already kind of uh, gave your pick Iowa and Penn State. You weren't sort of yeah yeah. So we got uh you know uh, Penn State is. Uh, they're laying uh, 15 points on this one, and uh, I think they can cover that. It's it's the whiteout game, prime time. Uh, you, you know you're going to have, uh, you know, 100-plus thousand jacked-up people in there. Um, I, again, Iowa's offense is uh, you know, not as bad as last season, but not good enough to go in there. And um, Yeah, Iowa's going to want to ugly it up, and Penn State's going to yeah. want to open yeah. it up. And, uh yeah. If Penn State gets up, then uh, that game is going to be over quick. But pretty much, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much the story there. So yeah, I, I would even take the Nittany Lions to cover the fifteen on that one. Uh, Florida State at Clemson. I mean, uh, Florida State's obviously coming in as the favorite. Talk about, uh, and you did not like Clemson compared to the other three ranked ACC teams. So just really, how huge a game is this for? Uh, uh for Clemson right now <laughs> it's enormous um you know if they if they don't pull this one off then you know that's um you know the third straight season that you know they're already out of the playoff uh picture so you know I, I'd say this is a must win um I'm sure that's how they're treating this and so you know I, I think they're I mean they're going to be ready to play um, you know, there's not going to be any kind of a letdown. It's just a question of uh, whether or not they have the players to execute, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, again, they got right after that Duke loss, but, you know, the 
the caliber of opponent that was Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic. So um, taking into account the caliber of the opponents they faced, you know, I'm not ready to say their offense is back yet. Um, uh, the Seminoles are two and a half point favorite. Uh, I think they go in there and cover. It's a noon kickoff, I believe, for yeah, that one. Noon, early kickoff, yes. Uh, yeah, we got to spread these games out. The the <laughs> nighttime uh, got some tough decisions to make, but we'll get to that. Uh, well, you got Pac-12 after dark. Well, I'm not sure. Hey, you got Colorado. Yeah. Well, actually, the yeah the Pac-12 after dark game. Uh, I'm not even sure what it is. Look now, I have to look at that. But it's not one of the it's not one of the games featuring the three ranked teams. It's uh yeah Cal at Washington. So. You know, that could be an interesting game if uh, Cal brings their defense, but I don't think it will be. So uh, but you, got Colorado. You, you, all back up, you all back on the East Coast uh, don't need to stay up late. And, hey, I got to mention, uh, you know, this will be in the article that I post. Uh, I probably won't have it up till tomorrow. But uh, just the ratings on that Colorado-Colorado uh, State game is absolutely remarkable considering the time window it was. Uh, the peak viewership was over 11 million people, and that was uh, from the 15-minute window from 11 to 11.15 at night on the East Coast. Uh, they had 11 million viewers tuned in, and even at uh, 2.15 a.m. on the East Coast, there were still over 8 million people watching that game. Those Pac-12 after dark games, the good ones will maybe get around 2 million, just for reference. So just absolutely remarkable. We're going into week four. In week three of Sanders' tenure at Colorado, he had ESPN and Fox there. He was on uh, 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes, uh, uh, some, the, one of the morning shows. Right. He's had all the celebrities that are rolling into Boulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a – ton of attention and it's been a great story this week they don't have honor and they're playing Oregon and they're a 21 point dog are they going to get uh rolled are they going to find a way to compete in this game well uh no I think uh I think this is going to be a closer one than the folks in Vegas do um Oregon is a 20 and a half point favorite and again um until I see otherwise I uh their defense is suspect to me um, so I don't think they're going to slow down, even without Travis Hunter playing. I don't think they're going to slow down Shadur Sanders and uh, the weapons that he has to the tune of being able to uh, cover a, a almost three touchdown spread. Um, I do think the Buffaloes are going to take their first loss of the Dion era, but uh, I think they can cover 20 and a half uh, with their offense. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I need to see better out of Oregon's defense uh, than what I saw at Texas a You mentioned uh, UCLA at Utah. Uh, how do you see that game? <sighs> Tough one. Again, uh, you know, what's the deal with Cam Rising here? Um, that rarely would, uh, you know, kind of influence my pick. I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, UCLA covers if Rising doesn't play. It's a four and a half point. Uh, the Utes are a four and a half point favorite. I'll take the Bruins to cover that when if Rising doesn't play. If he if he does, you know, I'm still not sure because again, it's his first game of the season. Is he a little rusty? He has been practicing with the team, so it's not like he's not going to have any kind of chemistry at all. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm going to go with the Bruins on this one either way. Actually, 
but you know, you, you can tell I don't have the highest degree of confidence in it, um, just because there's just too many unknowns with the, the injury situation on the Utes. But um, give me the Bruins. That's a nice uh, matchup of uh, differing style, so uh, that should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, SEC West, you know, we're going back and forth. You got uh, Ole Miss at Alabama. Yeah, you know, my uh, my gut tells me, uh, despite their offensive woes, don't bury Alabama just yet. Um, this just kind of feels like one of those games where they decide they're going to go out there and make a point. Uh, it's Lane Kiffin, so I'm sure Alabama doesn't have a hard time getting up for a Lane Kiffin game. Um, you know, he likes to he likes to stir the pot. Uh, you know, this week uh, I guess he uh, kind of opened the opened up that can of worms by saying, uh, you know, it didn't look like uh, the defensive coordinator Kevin Steele was the one calling the defensive plays when he looked at him on film, and you know, he may have been right. Um, you know, that's something. I'm sure Nick Saban isn't really going to uh, divulge there in the open. Uh, you know, Jalen Milrow, uh, he's going to be back. He actually didn't play in that game um, at South Florida. They had Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer, who was absolutely miserable. They pulled him out, and they put in the freshman Ty Simpson. Nobody at Alabama ever said anything about this by my hunch. And I've heard a couple of people in the media who had the same inclination is that uh, the reason Jalen Milrow didn't play in that game had nothing to do with football. It was, it was some kind of disciplinary issue um, that Alabama just didn't make public. And so I think had that been the case, even if they started Buckner, I think Milrow would have gone in, um, in that game eventually. He will be back for the Ole Miss game. I think Alabama kind of figures it out. They'll win this game, six and a half points spread. I think they even cover. Um, you know, maybe at this point we're just kind of, uh, you know, giving them too much credit based on their reputation. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm still, I'm still going to go with Alabama in this one. I, I, until um, until it's, I'm sure it's hard otherwise. to do. It's hard to do. You know, yeah. it's just been it's been so sustained for so long and. Um, you know, it's just when the end arrives, you usually don't even realize it. So if we're at the end, um, you know, they maybe, lose, they maybe lose we this, are. We'll they see. lose this division game at home. It's going to get loud on, uh, uh, <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. afterwards. But uh, It's, it's going to get real interesting because, um, you know, it's uh, in the even, you know, going back to the BCS era, I can't. Think of the last time that Alabama would have been uh, eliminated from a chance to play for the title before we even flipped the calendar to October. Yeah, right. And that's what would happen if they lose. That's exactly right. Uh, going back out west, one more. You got uh, Oregon State, Washington State, the uh, Lone Pack. This is the, the future Pack 2 championship game. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to play a hunch on this one. The Beavers didn't look so sharp last week when they uh, played San Diego State. Um, you know, the final was 26-9, to 9, so it wasn't all that close. Um, DJ Uyangalale did not have a good day. He threw two picks. Um, I like Washington State in this one playing at home. Um, the Beavers are actually a three-point favorite, so uh, – I think Washington State's going to cover and win straight up here. 
And the last game of the day, you got Ohio State uh, at Notre Dame. I'm going with another upset here, and uh, my gut says uh, take the Irish at home in this one. Um, you know, I don't. Ohio State's defense has uh, looked a lot better uh, so far this year, but they certainly have not been tested against an offense um, like Sam Hartman and Notre Dame. Um, I, I, I this is. You know, somebody was talking about this. It's like, when was the last time uh, Notre Dame hosted a game that was this big? Um, and, you know, you can go back to, you know, they've had a couple of big ones. You know, they had Michigan several years ago. They had that home-and-home -home series with Georgia. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, in – uh, certain circles are saying this is the this is the biggest Notre Dame home game Notre Dame home game excuse me uh, since the 2005 game against USC that uh, infamous game that ended with uh, Reggie Bush pushing Matt Leinart into the end zone back when yeah. that sort of play was illegal um, which I can see you know I can, I can see that perspective um, anyway. I'm actually going to go with the Irish in the upset here. Ohio State's a three-point favorite. I think they cover, and I think eke out a win. Uh, a one-loss Ohio State team that wins the Big Ten, they can still get to the uh, CFP. Absolutely. Notre Dame needs this uh, game. They do have Duke the following week, and they then Duke, uh, uh, they yeah, they, USC. they've got Clemson, USC. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe a couple other games, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Wake, uh, Stanford, I know is down. But uh, if Notre Dame can win this game, that's going to, you know, they're already nine. That's going to have them probably around that five. Can, that could uh, move them up into the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> top five. And uh, they'd be pretty well positioned for, uh, I mean, and they, they get USC at home. Yep. Um, and yeah. it's, it's right there for them. Um, you know, they, they can't, they, they can't afford too many slip ups, you know, without the, the benefit of a you know, conference, you know, title and the 13th game to kind of hang their hat on. Um, so, you know, I, I guess the question is, you know, yeah. it, it, can a one loss Notre Dame team, uh, get in and, um, uh, you know, Depending on what's what happens around them, obviously. Yeah, that that would be that would be the uh, and the, who the one loss is to if it's to USC and it's close. Yeah, uh, and you know the other conferences uh, have some stumbles. The Notre Dame brand, I think, gets them into a uh, gets them into a CFP. But if it, if the one loss is to you know they win this week, and then they lose at Duke next week. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if uh, if they'll have enough. Of course, on that, yeah. that would be them beating USC as well. So uh, if they have USC and Ohio State, yeah, the interesting scouts, thing would yeah. be, you know, if just for the sake of discussion, let's say let's say they get a narrow win against, you know, they beat Ohio State, get a narrow win against USC, you know, you know, run the Run the table, they um, – or actually, let's say they lose a tight one to Ohio State. Sorry. You know, narrowly beat USC and, you know, run the table. They're sitting there at 11-1. and one. 
USC runs the table in the Pac-12, wins the Pac-12 title. They're sitting there at 12, 12 and one with a narrow loss on the road at Notre Dame. Who do you pick there? You go with Notre Dame just because of the head-to-head result? Well, USC, if they had run the rest of the schedule in the Pac-12, I mean, I think it's a harder schedule overall. I mean, tell me what – you know, it depends what that yeah. game really looked like in South Bend. If you know, it's they've got games. they got to travel to Oregon. They play at uh, UCLA. They get uh, Utah at home. Um, I, right. They're going to run the, they, the gauntlet yeah, against a, a strong group. I don't think they see Washington, but, you know, they presumably could get easily get Washington in a Pac-12 title game. Actually, uh, they do play Washington in the regular season. I mean, it's a, for me. I mean, they play there, there's Colorado. a lot. It's a lot of variables yeah. there, but w- one part of it would be what was the loss that they have itself that they had itself been? Let's say you know, game, three point three point loss. You know, comes down to the final minute. I mean, I'd be it more was on the road, Notre yeah. Dame. You know, it's, this is why I like the expanded field my, myself. But I, I would be more inclined there. It's a very hard question because you have the head-to-head, but I also would look at the overall body of work for USC and say feel like it's a little bit stronger. But but that's also you've, uh, you've obviously you got play two brand name teams. You know yeah. they're both going to draw in a lot of viewers. So for the conspiracy theorists that think the TV networks are the ones pulling the strings, there's you know yep. they might they would probably lean Notre Dame, but I don't think they would be uh, kicking and screaming if it were USC. Especially well, the, I mean, Williams. the really interesting thing there, and maybe it wouldn't matter since the field is expanding, but uh, if Notre Dame was uh, was out and they had the head-to-head win, would that finally push uh, the Irish to uh, you know, join a conference, uh, which, you know, uh, they're not joining the ACC beyond their, you know, non-member affiliation they have. It still seems like if they were ever going to join a conference, it's – it's the Big Ten, but uh, with the expanded field, probably uh, not on the table for Notre Dame. Probably not, no, because it would uh, obviously we wouldn't be having the discussion we're having right now in a future uh, playoff where you have twelve teams in. Fun week uh, coming. We'll look for your article yeah. tomorrow. Great stuff as always from uh, Mike Lowe. Check him out. Uh, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at. Hard count CFB. There we go. Look for that and find uh, it's always uh, on the message board as well with good thoughts. You can also check out the uh, conference realignment thread there, which uh, we didn't get to. Maybe we'll get to uh, next week. Kind of an interesting uh, little twist that the uh, Pac-12 and Mountain West are you know, potentially discussing there. With uh, So something for us uh, uh, next week, Mike. But enjoy the games this week, and we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Take enjoy care. Enjoy the games, everyone.